Hi, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to <laughs> middle-aged metalhead. Middle-aged metal. That's harder to say than I thought it was. It's gonna a be. tongue twister. Middle-aged metalheads. Welcome, one and all, to another lovely episode of Middle-aged Metalheads. I am Michael Stamps, uh, coming to you from uh, Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, always great to be joined by my brothers in metal, David Timoney. Yo. In Philly, back from back from Ireland. That's right. Back in Philly. I'm sweating already. Colin Bosler, the Metal Lord, hey, straight hey. up out of Whitehall, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and the displaced John Harden in a basement bunker someplace in Michigan. <laughs> in Michigan, yep, Traverse City, Michigan. Wow. Okay, that's off the map. A lot of militias there. Uh, no, actually. Okay. Michigan's cool. been surprisingly vigilant in shutting down the horse shit. That's good. That's good. Uh, they, that's got cool. the, yeah. they got the they got a governor who's you know basically yeah, she's awesome. with that first hand. Uh which is gonna kind of tie in with a little bit with uh, the, the sort of topic and the theme and uh the project that we have here, which is going to be uh, a listening party where we talk over the record. And tonight's record is going to be, well, the 1988 release by Queensryche known as Operation Mind Crime, the concept album that did go platinum. Did it? Check that it shit out. We've been uh, threatening Mind Crime for like a year. Dude, I. We have. Yeah. I went on Wikipedia today to try to like figure it out. Dude, we'll walk I just you couldn't it. stand reading all that crap, dude. Oh, boy. It yeah. begins so long, like Nikki. Like Nikki. Before before yeah. we get to uh, the the returning <laughs> kvetching, <laughs> what, what do we got? What do we do? Uh, do we do like uh, we we share recipes and stuff for like uh, soups? We can battle. Uh, we can we battle. Can oh, yes, we can battle. Oh, wrong podcast. The we can battle. Outdone yourself uh, once again, man. That that was uh, that was that was some tasty shit. I'm glad you're pleased. Yeah, <laughs> like with the multiple vocals oh just thrown in there too. Oh. Colin, you're up yes. first. Okay, this is a tough crowd tonight. <sighs> um, so <laughs> I went to the psychotherapy sessions tour. Headlined by Mudvayne and supported by Coal Chamber, Guar, Butcher Babies, and Nonpoint. It was Jesus. a yeah, it was yeah. a throwback to the nineties uh, and early two thousands. That's a uh, serious. That's a serious like 
at cable access TV lineup. Man. It was, I'll tell you, it was something. There was uh, each band was was really good, but I'll tell you what, the crowd they they were really into it, and they had especially with Gore. You know, anytime you see the people coming out, right, all covered in the fake blood, everybody's screaming and carrying on and laughing and having a good time. And, it was it was something, but uh, it was up in the mountains in Scranton, so we had a we had a good time there. It was nice to see. Uh, interesting thing was the lawn was closed; they didn't sell enough tickets, so everybody that had a lawn ticket got pushed up into the seats. Really? So wasn't a big support, I guess, for that tour. Okay. Uh, then we, then I went to see Godsmack after that uh, over at PNC Bank, and I'll tell you what, that place was almost sold out, if not sold out. Well, I'll tell you what, Godsmack after 25 years can still pull a crowd. People were absolutely apeshit over Godsmack. It was, it was a, a, I was amazed how many people were there. Dave, Dave and bad. I saw a bit of that at Sonic Temple. We didn't stick around for Godsmack, but they pulled a big crowd. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, really, yeah. really big. Absolutely packed. And uh, Sully is still, he's a great front man. I know he's got a little ego. It's sometimes a little, little more him than maybe people might want. But, uh, the the Eddie trunk, trunk of new metal, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but you know, again, after 25 years, I mean, I, not all bands that make it more than a couple of decades are pulling major crowds like that. So I was really impressed. And then uh, my best, the, the end of the weekend metal will be the end of this week. And Metallica weekend is upon us. That so, is uh, so true. So all many of us will be at the MetLife show over there in, in Jersey, and uh, two nights, Friday, Sunday, lots of Metallica, as you guys say, plus all the other opening bands. So uh, should be something. Should be one heck of a weekend. So that'll be my next week in metal. Yeah, Kelly's yeah. <laughs> saying to look forward to because yeah, we've definitely been looking forward to it for seems like months now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, like I think about someone was telling me like to one of my friends who's going with us like. Yeah, we bought these tickets like in February. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. So, here it comes. <laughs> and if you're listening to this uh, episode the day it drops and you still need a ticket, David's got one. <laughs> I've right. got two, and they're great tickets, but I, I can't go. I won't go with you even. Yeah, there you not, go. Not can't, won't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the selling point. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Well, we look forward to next episode then, the review of Metallica. Uh, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, David. Dude, so you may recall that I uh, I had been talking one of my, like, I don't have a whole lot of, like, bucket list things, right? Because I, I plan to really die, like, any day now. Right. Um, but uh, one of the things that in the back of my mind, every t- not, I don't think about it, but when it comes up, I go, someday... I would love to go to Vakken, right? Like I'd see it, like you go look up Celtic Frost videos, which I do from time to time. And there's always a show of them at Vakken. And it is just like, it's like 80s Brazil footage. Like you can just see it, people forever, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what, man? Like I'm, I'm in Ireland pretty often. I could get to. Ger- I could get to. Did it- you not do this story for the last week in metal? <laughs> he was. He was. He was fantasizing. Yes, he did talk it. about it. Yeah. And, and we're like, now, yeah, see, bring, you, you know, may, summertime in Germany. You, you may home? also recall that I watched that documentary about Wagen, 
Right. And it just, I didn't realize it was camping and mud and like porta potties. And I'm like, I said to Jennifer, I was like, I am never going to Wacken. Like, I might never go to Germany at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything, like, there, I, there's somebody watched that video and they were like, I'm going. I watched that video. I was like, never, ever go. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> um, and as a side note, I liked it better when I thought it was pronounced Wacken. Um, but anyway. So, Do you think it was a different kind of concert series or well, something? So, <laughs> something else. So 50,000 people made it to the site, uh, scheduled to start today. And uh, they're like knee-deep in mud, dude. If you Google, like, Wacken 2023, there are people, like, there was a, a video of, like, four dudes, like, carrying somebody in a wheelchair through, like, mid-shin depth mud. And I'm like... And then what are you gonna do, man? <laughs> like you gotta set the person down somewhere. You're gonna set that mind. guy down somewhere. And I don't, I'm not I'm not saying that to like mock the dude or to like belittle the the effort that these people are putting into it. But I'm like, yeah. but I mean, you kind of are. There's the guy here says we have to tow each vehicle individually to the targeted parking space with a tractor. All <sighs> tractors are in continuous use. To, can you imagine arriving to a site and they're like, just wait here. We're going to tow you through the mud to where your registered parking spot is. Yeah. With a tractor. With a tractor. And, 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 yeah. and how, how many days is this best, David, what, this uh, year? I think it's, it's four, like, right? I think it's three or four days. Three nights, four days, three nights. Yeah. Whatever, man. I'm like, and, and you know what? I'm going to tell you. When I saw the, the lineup for, like, say, last year, I was like, holy crap. When I saw the lineup for this year, it... What's, what's that? Is it Hellfest? Which what's the one in France that's like seven days? Yeah, that's the Hellfest. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something else. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure they got some shit that's paved there too. <laughs> no tractor. <laughs> no tractor. No, you know, no, no music. Sound I mean, of music is sort it, of in the hills. Well, I mean, isn't Germany known for like having their stuff together, man? I, I think this was just this has been like a long time sort of outdoor festival. I and like feel outdoor like that's means what like, they're known for. But well, I, I, for I, a I, while, I, I blame climate change one, but also no rain tape. <laughs> they take over like a whole town. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big thing. So who, who are the big headliners, David? That that people had to like slog through mud to see. Uh, you know, it's just. Pages and pages, and unfortunately, it's in like alphabetical order. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're like Googling something, like Dropkick Murphys are playing. The headliners you know? this year were Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Dropkick yes. Murphys, Kill Switch, Trivium, Anthrax, and Pennywise. It just seems like, like the there's Pennywise, no. Huh? no like, <laughs> Say Pennywise is up there? Wow. wow. There's, there's no rhyme or reason to that. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like they're like, just fine people. Yeah. They're like, look, battle? I got Iron Maiden. Garth Brooks is free. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's just. They, it seems like there's there's been a little better cohesion in the past. And maybe it's just my, you know, my interests were all kind of consolidated in the one that I was looking at last yeah, I think, year. Yeah, I think we were like saying too, like post-COVID, it's like, I think we're getting to the point where it's like festival fatigue. It's sort of like, I don't know. It's like, I've 
I've seen all these bands, or really have no interest in seeing all these a bands. Lot, yeah, a lot of a these lot bands. We were talking about that with Power Trip. They're not pulling. Because yeah. those bands, bands are just readily available. Are and readily it's, available. it's a shit right? expensive ticket, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, but I'm looking expensive at like... Expensive ticket, and there's no single days for Power mm-hmm. Trip. As you're as you're kind of noodling through the the program, you're like, oh look, there's Doros playing Deicide. That's cool, but they're probably playing Colin is the, in down the one road. flight. No Doros kidding. playing in Philly, right? Isn't she coming to Philly like pretty soon? Uh, she she was just she here, fun. but I think That's she's coming easy. back. You did. Yeah. Do you have a tractor? You, I'll show up in a tractor. Be like, hey, baby. <laughs> Uriah Heap is playing Voivod. All right, so that's that week in metal. Anyway, David's not dude, going to walk it. And I'm not going to walk it. Fuck walking is what David is saying. Right. I would never uh, say that. Michael? So, uh, yeah, so um, I don't know if you heard like this this, this, uh, this this little band called Metallica. Because like people don't know enough about them or don't have ways to... To learn about like what Metallica is doing, thinking, reminiscing about, the, barely covered in the media at all, ever. You know, they're just like a little speck. They're like day aside. Um, now they have uh, the Metallica Report, which you can listen to as a podcast. Mm. Imagine, imagine that the Metallica Report coming to you right there you know on spotify i i'm of two minds of that i'm not i'm not sensed in like any real excitement and i'm just i'm also Ah. just thinking too it's like what who the fuck is doing a podcast like come on millionaires (laughs) doing podcasts (laughs) i i well assuredly they're not the ones doing the podcast they may have some sound bites from them it's probably someone from the fan club or something like hosting it like that's kind of how it's starting off now. Is, right. That was, that but, was I mean, that's the story on, on the on one hand, side. I sort of applaud them because they're, they're, you know, launching a, a giant North American tour this week with you guys. Uh, and so it is a way to, to get news out, but there's not that much news in Metallica world. Like it's, I, I don't see how it would be enough to, sustain a weekly podcast or even a bi-weekly podcast where it's just like yep we're playing this town this week like what else is going on like nothing our next album's coming out in four years yeah no and again that's the news unless unless they're like you know you know reminiscing telling the stories you guys remember that would be cool sharing Um, sharing some unique content but like otherwise it does seem just like another sort of like way for them to like monetize something they do they do these bite-sized podcasts because they did one around the black album too mm-hmm. there was like a limited black album podcast series. right well there, there was there is a metallica channel on sirius xm right so you, you can listen to their you know their interviews and there's other people of course like who are uh, doing the interviewing and stuff uh, which again like turned out to be like sometimes like really interesting but uh you know so it seemed like news you know, the little little known band Metallica starting with the joint podcast. It's, uh, in America, there are a total of uh, how many podcasts do you think there are just uh, U.S. based? Seven. Well, there's middle-aged metalheads. There's Eight, Metallica. including us, right? Eight. There's Joe Rogan, right? That's two. Uh, five fucking million. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> that's a that's a big jump. There's five million. <laughs> 
five billion. Five million, but only one of them has Tony Maxwell, and that's us. And, and there are three million alone. Just dude, on can you imagine Spotify. if you found out somebody like called you up or like sent you a message, be like, "Hey, dude, by the way, Tony Maxwell like knows my You'd be like, "What? Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. He's I would, so pissed, dude. I would, I would almost. I'd, I would almost travel to Australia. I'd, 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 I'd be fucking. I'd be heartbroken. Be like. I don't know. But we know that's not true, right, Tony? Yeah, he's cool, Tony. That's yeah. our boy. Yeah. My my week in metal is barely a week in metal. It's kind of a mixture between Collins and Michaels. Today, uh, the pit posted a story saying, this is the big four of new metal. And and I wanted to put this out and, and talk to Mr. Bosler and see if he agreed. The four they picked were Corn, Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, and Linkin Park. That's their big four. Wait, say that again. Do you agree with that, Colin? I kind of do. So hit, hit that again. Horn. So, Limp so the big four. Yep. Horn, Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, and Lincoln Park. The new metal big four. I'm just the only one I'm thinking about is Corn. I'm a, I'm in total agreement with the other three. I'm just thinking is Corn in my. I mean, it's, I get, I see it. I see their point. It's they have the longevity. Bad, they do. It's not a bad And they still choice. headline. Isn't they do. Some, isn't there some other band that's like almost identical to them that came before them? There was one oh, really similar to them. Um, can't think of the name right now, but I'm. I, I know what you're talking about, David. But I, um, I. In terms of popularity, I mean, it's like when you know you think back to when the, when Corn and Limp is that Family Values tour. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal at the time, um, you know. And now Limp Biscuit has returned, and and they're doing festivals as well. I don't. I thought this was a pretty solid four. I mean, it's like if if Limp Biscuit still had the wherewithal to perform, which they don't, unless they were to find someone to replace Chester, and you put this show on, like a park. If if you put this show on. Instead of Power Trip, I think it might actually draw as many as Power Trip. Oh, I like. Well, I, I told if you Lincoln that, Park was still Lincoln Park. Oh yeah. Oh, I told you that Mudvayne show. I know the lawn didn't sell out, but those that were there or didn't sell. But those that were, I'm telling you, they were really into it. They had an absolute blast. I think there's a new metal resurgence. I think it, people it's, are into it. It's, it's it's definitely happening. It's it, it will be the. You know, one of the thematic points we make at the, the, you know, the, the popular culture of coppers is like, this is the wave that's coming for nostalgia. This is the next wave. It's like, right. you know, the 90s you can music. Say it, Michael, this is our downfall. Well, no, it's, 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 it's actually just, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculously predictable. It's just sort of like, yep, yeah, of course. People are going to be hungry for that goddamn Creed reunion. <laughs> and people just, and you again, know what? I bet that sells. It's gonna fucking sell. Yeah, what, what about uh, what about Disturbed? Disturbed too. Well, not, not, not as far as the top no? Yeah, that's not. Well, what yeah, was, yeah. Corn was what was Corn's hit? Freak on a leash know. is Freak probably on a leash was that's huge. the biggest one. That, like that follow, follow the leader was like the big record. Yeah, and they redid that Pink Floyd song. Um, we don't need no education. Another brick on the wall. Uh, they that one. Called. They've got all day. I dream about sex. 
Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a big yeah, corn song. Yeah, I mean, corn's got a lot of songs that were fairly popular around that time. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, it's, I, yeah. And, and of those four, who headline? Slipknot. Slipknot and Corn headline. Yeah. yeah, that's a solid four. I, I agree. That's interesting. That, uh, but it, I, as I watch the articles, new metal starting to get a lot more of those pit articles and other articles coming yeah, up. You know, Although of it. those four, Lincoln Park probably sold more records than the other three. I would agree. Yeah, yep. Lincoln Park has definitely yeah. got less of that like gross, douchey thing going on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they, they actually have like a singer who can sing for one. They, wait, does um, Slipknot have a DJ? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Okay, so they all have DJs. All four bands have a DJ. Corn have a DJ too? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, is the is that's the definitely a fucking deal breaker right there? <laughs> they got like like limp. Who, who's it? the DJ at Metallica? <laughs> uh, Kirk. Merciful Fate have like a DJ. Yeah. DJ King Billy. Yeah, the, the, the DJ in Merciful Fates, the guy with the backwards baseball cap that like wanders on stage. Like, wait, what's this guy? <laughs> like, like, it's like a King's wearing a cape. He's got a fucking crown, and this guy comes in with a bottle of PBR and he's a can and a backwards baseball cap. It's like, yo, bro. Like, yeah, summer yeah. sanitariums down the road. Dude rolls up. He's like, go birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's a, who's a the, fairly uh, obviously the there is got no the, news. Which band has the the B boy guy, like the Asian B boy? guy? Is that Lincoln Park? That's yeah, Lincoln Park. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you had you had Chester and Mike Shinoda. Those were the uh, two okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that guy in the other band and then too? Their their the DJ is Mr. Han. Oh, that's Mr. Han. There you go. Yeah, Shinoda just put out like a, a, a solo record. Or, I, yeah, of those project. four. I, I really like Lincoln Park, and yeah. and uh, you know I'm I'm sad that Chester went away. I like away them in principle. I, I think they're like a good a band. Of, I don't I, like a lot. You know of I, I I thought they lost their way, but like those first two Lincoln Park records are fucking awesome. Yeah. I, Meteora and Hybrid Theory, both of them oh, are killer. They're very good. Yeah, that's good shit. That's and good I agree. Shit. And no, I agree with you on Chester. I mean whether whether or not you like the music, like he was a good dude. Yeah, I, it sucks. So. Uh, yeah, it sucks that he passed. Yeah. Also passing this week, Sinead O'Connor and Pee Wee Herman, both big yeah, losses yeah. in their respective worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, David was in Ireland when Sinead O'Connor went down. And dude, people like, are texting me. They're like, hey, did you know? I'm like, dude, they broke it on RTE. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're having like 10-minute discussions on the news, like just like <laughs> Joe Schmo news guys. Like, well, you know. Yeah. yeah, the big, yeah. big thing. Yeah, no, she was a legend. I mean, she was like a local legend in, in in towns where she lived. Like, she would show up to like clinics and pay for people's surgeries out of her pocket. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Yeah, she was a unique individual, and she will be missed. As will Paul Rubens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Back now that the week is done, now <laughs> the lecture at hand. <laughs> Queen's Rex Operation Mindcrime. Uh, should we should we start and just talk about our, our connection to the record first, and then get into it? Yeah, let's let's just let's let's. Mike, just Mike why don't you start? Like, you I mean, me as far me? as Queensrÿch goes, I I point to you, even though I love them. I I wouldn't love them if it wasn't for you. So you're welcome, or sorry, but uh, 
fucking I'll, um, I'll say that you're welcome like yeah yeah no and again like uh it, it, again it, it, as john knows like i, I got into queens right right there in eighth grade spring grove elementary right there and you know in hollister shout out to north county uh with with the little uh you know the little album called the warning again it's like a weird record a lot of uh sort of uh Mm, kind of political kind of mm, sort of like i would call almost, almost kind of fantasy political kind of stuff that just you know there's and there's you know of course the anthem um you know uh take hold of the flame and stuff and it did, probably didn't move too many units and stuff but i was a fan and then rage for order comes out and it's an album of a totally different sort of like caliber it's, it's like a much more polished record uh the the songs are all really sort of like distinctly sort of crafted in really weird ways and the the whole fashion you know styling of the band too was obviously very uh, uh weird you know considering like you know you just see bands like rat or poison or uh, you know, Motley Crue, and then these guys were dressed up like gothic vampires and stuff. And so, by the time you get to '88, I guess this I'm looking at the, the doc here, I think it's like March '88. Is that right? When the, when the record drops, May '88, May '88, yeah. And so, like, it's definitely like for me, like a, a great deal of anticipation for uh. Uh, for the next record, which was called Operation Minecraft. I, mean, I don't think a whole lot of like, you know, Circus or Hit Parader was saying a whole lot about like what what to expect from, from this record. Um, so you just kind of picked it up and California Music, thank you. And you just pop it in and put your earphones on and like, what the fuck is this? This is... Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't until Minecraft that they started to make a buzz. Because it was like, you know, we saw them open for Metallica. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, right when Minecraft first came out, Queensryche was the support on the Injustice for All tour. And, yeah. you know, Mike and I were super psyched about that because we we did love Queensryche. And Rage for Order is a big record for me. And so, like Mike, I was I was looking forward to Minecraft, but they, you know, Rage for Order didn't sell. It, it, they were they were a fringe band. Yeah. Uh, you know, but maybe a little too progressive, as David has mentioned. Uh, Jeff Tate had a real weird look <laughs> back then. Oh, with, for sure. You know, Dude. long and, coats and, and strange hair, and like, like the, you know, he had like he the just, flock of seagulls hair going on, and yeah, the, the eyebrows they, 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 and the eyeballs. They had, a, they had an image problem, and yeah. and they they weren't from the Sunset Strip. You know, they they were from the Pacific Northwest, and so. They were they were outsiders already in a genre that that they were fighting to get into, but Minecrime got them in. Like mine yeah. Minecrime, and we'll talk about it. I, I, you know, I thought it had sold more, honestly, because the singles. I remember them being on MTV. They got big enough to leave the Metallica tour and do a headline tour for Operation yeah. Minecrime, which we went to go see them again, like six months later, on their own tour, yeah. and. Uh, but it, like Mike said, it only sold a million copies, but it, it felt like a much bigger record. And I think Empire sold more after that as well. But oh, yeah, no. yeah. Minecraft got them in. Yeah, for sure. Colin, where, where, where were you and like, uh, how did you sort of like come into contact with uh, with Operation Minecraft? Well, I was still in college. I had a year left. I was in, I was beginning my second senior year 
in college. Um, Super well, senior. Yeah. My yes, <laughs> well, drank away the first senior year. Had to do the second senior year. You're um, so nice. So uh, it, to me, it was it was MTV stuff that we watched, and uh, really, I I'm not in love with this album. Um, it's not one of my favorites. I respect it a lot. I like some of the singles, but I will tell you that it's not one that I revisit often. And when it came out, I was like, okay, this is cool, but I never really put it in top T to B and really jammed it that way. I just listened to the singles and I enjoyed it. But uh, um, that's really was for me, it was the videos and, and just the words spreading and listening to the singles. So honestly, to me, it's very complicated and it's, <laughs> it's almost off putting to me because it's so complicated. It's, it's a very, very deep story. And I appreciate what Jeff and the band did. I just don't know if it's a, as approachable as they would wanted it to be, or maybe they didn't want it to be approachable. But to me, it's a little bit complicated for me to work my mind around. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to keep it on that point. I'm going to say, like, it took, like, a really big fucking risk just saying, like, I don't know. We put out some records, and we got some songs, or, you know, we're getting on tours. I, they, they opened for ACDC for the Rage for Order album. You know, so they're getting seen by people and stuff. And there's a really good... Uh, full-length uh, video of them you know opening for uh, presumably acdc on the on the rage for order tour and it's pretty fucking hot and that's then the crowd is like totally into it um so there's and again they, they end up being kind of like one of those bands that like really attracts like rabid fans but of course if you just watching the videos on mtv and then it's like what the fuck is all of this dialogue and soap opera <laughs> shit it's like is this is this kind of like Pink Floyd? The walls, like, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's a concept record. It's like it's it's a it's a full narrative with characters and stories, and you know the you know the sort of rising action, the turning point, the falling action. It's, it's it, it could it could one day go on Broadway, wouldn't you say, David? No. When did you when did, when, did, when, did, when did you when did you first pop this into your uh you know your Walkman? Uh, I heard one of those songs today. Hmm. Um. <laughs> so, uh, my first experience, my first interaction with Queensrÿche was in the magazines, and I got to tell you, I don't think there's any single group of people who takes worst pictures worse pictures than Queensryche. Um, you know, it they look like a band made up of people whose favorite movie was Streets of Fire. <laughs> and they were like, this would be awesome if it was heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's that, that's a that's a good point because And uh, it really just turned me off, man. <laughs> Like this stupid clothing, the hair, like the 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 A shirt with like the 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 neckline pulled all the way down. Like they it's like a, it's a leotard, basically. Is it? It's like yeah. a unitard. <laughs> yeah. Looks like he, yeah. Like, he's not sure if he wants to be like Brutus Beefcake or, or Willem Dafoe or Um But all I knew about them for a long time was what I saw in the magazines. And then the first thing I ever saw like on MTV of them was silent lucidity. And wow. that song okay. sucks. 
Yeah. And it's I, all I like, it like sappy. Numb. It's all sappy and like the deep voice thing. And I'm like, they're, these guys take themselves too seriously, which at that point in my life, <laughs> you know, taking yourself too seriously was like high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, so it went from one thing to another. I just always like in my head, they were like the foreign exchange student who shows up thinking that's how people dress and that's how people act. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Like, don't they have, don't they have like televisions? Don't they read magazines? Like this isn't what happens here. Um, And I think that that was, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and scapegoat, you know, the, 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 uh, the Northwest influence I didn't get it, man. And I didn't, I still don't really get it. I told you, I tried to read through just the synopsis of this record today. And I was like, Oh, I I don't have the time for this, man. I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, maybe it'll be cooler when we listen to it. I've never <laughs> owned a Queensryche record. I've never listened to a Queensryche record. I've probably heard one song of Queensryche okay. in my okay. life. Well, then this, this, we're going to totally bust your cherry here with uh, <laughs> li- listening to uh, uh, shit almost a full hour's worth of Operation Minecraft. So uh, uh, either get your coffee and Red Bull or get, get the, get the hard stuff out. I got it. Uh, it's, it's totally going to happen. John, do we want to like give like people like a, just a sort of bare bones sort of like synopsis of the narrative? If it's almost an hour, I would ask if we get started. Yeah, why don't we just get started? Because like we okay. can we can work through the narrative as it goes. Like, um, <laughs> I you know I I guess the the bare bones of it is a uh, uh, heroin junkie gets recruited into uh to to sort of what do you want to say, Michael? Brainwashed to be an assassin for for what he, he, he get, thinks he, he get... is a uh, a political movement uh and that movement turns on him yeah and he he also falls in love with uh with the you know a 16 year old prostitute who is also sort of like dressed up as a nun and her name is mary and then she ends up dead and uh we'll get we'll get into more of the details and stuff they're they're they, we, for fans out there who like know this record and love this record you know that this is like some deep shit some moving stuff lots of lots of power lots of passion Lots of uh, lots of great music too. So, uh, my Dave, if you're just... lucky, we'll do Mind Crime two next. Oh, <laughs> there's another one. There, there is, is. <laughs> and Dio's on it. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna admit right now, like I, I don't think oh. I've ever listened to that. And just you should, Michael. It's pretty good. Um. Okay. Well, then uh, I you would like it. I, I, I'm 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 gonna check it out. I think I might have yeah. listened to it when it first came out, but like, like when I first, it, it, it didn't uh, like sink its fucking hooks into me like this record did. And well, it was it, also poorly timed. I mean, I think it, I think Mind Crime Two was their shot across the bow to try and like have some relevance in in a yeah. time where where metal wasn't. So yeah, I tried, I tried and, to get and, into and it, Meatloaf, it, but it, I didn't want to buy it. I didn't want to buy that record everybody else had, so I bought Blind before I stop good idea that record yeah all right so has everybody got uh got their music streamer uh ready to go we do all right so let's uh let's count up to three 
Uno, Dos, Trace. Oh, this one is talking. So this is the opening. He's in the psych ward. Oh, starting starting to piece together what has happened to him what's funny is that uh, that opening nurse voiceover you'll hear in television shows and commercials time and again <laughs> and i've heard it sure. so many times in dr. mind crime dr j hamilton now, dr right, j hamilton <laughs> now when i hear it in a movie i'm like mind crime <laughs> <laughs> For oh, it's sure. just, oh, it's just me, Dr. Rosenpenis. So just, just and again, like the most sort of like disorienting thing for me, like listening to this for the first time was like, uh, so what, what's going on? Is this a story? What's going on? I remember. And then it gets into the music and it's like, oh, this is like a narrative. It's a first person sort of account of these, 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 these experiences and stuff. Um, and it's not Jeff Tate singing on behalf. And again, as most you know, rock bands do, it's like not necessarily, you know, the band singing like their particular anthem about how they want to burn the White House down. But it could be. So wait a minute. This is first person. This is first person. Yeah. So it's the dude singing, telling the whole story himself. Correct. Yeah. It's not like some chick is gonna pop in and be like, "Hello." So that this is Nikki. Um, and he is a disaffected youth, uh, a skinhead, too. Um, We're into Anarchy X, which is the instrumental that starts the record. There you go. That works in some of the themes from later in the record, too. Kind of kind of the fanfare to open up the... Uh, yeah, it becomes kind of a leap motif. So what's the, uh, what's the, uh, the time frame for this? Is this in the future, Michael? No, it's not in the future. It's very much um, a, a late '80s sort of like uh, I guess you would call it sort of like a cynical screed from a from an individual who is looking back on you know the past seven years of you know what's gone on in American politics. You know, so it's basically sort of like a critique of the Reagan years. Um, you know, and, and, and basically all all of the other sort of like scandals that sort of like you know they, they get you know kind of unraveled there in the second term of, of, uh, of Reagan's presidency. So whether it's Iran Contra or whether it's all the other stuff related to like say like people like Jim Baker or, or Jimmy Swagger related to like all those sort of like uh, you know scamming people, getting caught being basically sort of like professional hypocrites. Um, you know, preaching morality, but also just being sort of like, uh, you know, just, you know, just you know, uh, sex offender douchebags. Um, and, and, and again, it, 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 it speaks in a really strange, in an interesting way about, you know, uh, we use this sort of catchphrase we hear a lot these days, you know, nearly 40 years later about forgotten Americans, the people who are sort of like the underdogs, the neglected. Um, and how they need to like, you know, take back what's you know what was promised to them. And so Nikki kind of, you know, represents a sort of disillusioned sort of like young kid who was also strung out on heroin too. That's that's kind of a key point in, in a number of the songs too. Um, so I'm still trying to log on to Spotify here because I didn't remember my fucking password. End of Revolution Calling. This and song I really really like. See, this it's is this is really the one good. I, yeah, when he plays this live, this is a great tune. 
Yeah. I wish the rest of the album, I'm, I'm okay with a little intro, and you know me, I like a good story, but I wish the rest of the album stayed like this. It then, you know, we'll see what happens next. But this, yeah. this is a badass tune. It, it, it's, so it, it becomes kind of like essentially like the, the album opener because it is sort of like so anthemic and, you know. Without the rest of the material, you'd be hard to like, imagine this song standing alone. Without yeah, it's, it's setting the scene for his disillusionment and his, his eventual recruitment. Yeah. So, <laughs> Tough songs know. to put on a mixtape. Kinda, yeah. Well, again, it, it's well. That's why. That's why they isolated things like "I Don't Believe in Love." That, like, you know, connect but don't. You just yeah. imagine the bass players like, "Can we just have a song, please?" <laughs> the bass right. players just happy to be there per usual. Yeah, yeah, and and, and certainly. I just need a song that I can send a copy band. to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, can you sign this copy for my mom? <laughs> How you doing, Michael? You with us yet? I'm. I'm. I, I know from memory, and also I listened to it a little bit before uh, we before started. <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, God damn it! He's like the kid that missed the bus is running behind it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm totally like running behind it and. Wait, wait. Was that what's happening? Where we run had to chase the bus? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Great show. What's happening? Dude, I was just talking to somebody the other day about that. Do you remember the Doobie Brothers were on there? Yes, they were. Which Doobie you be? Which Doobie you be? <laughs> and when and when rerun uh, auditioned for that dance group, uh-huh. Five Rockets. That was good too. Five Rockets and a Moon. That's right, dude. So good. <laughs> you know he was a legit like famous dancer. Oh yeah, he like, the original really, pop rockers. Really, yeah, he had some serious moves. That dude could dance. A friend of mine is like a historian of hip hop, uh, hip hop dance, and he loved Fred Berry. I mean, who didn't? But right. So David, I mean, like story story aside, and because you haven't spent any time with the record. Any thoughts just so far in, like even just sonically? Like, no, I mean, I think it sounds good. I'm not, I, I don't like the chorus of this song, like the repet, like after, like, like I get it. Um, yeah. but no, I mean, like the playing and the singing, it's good. Like, it, this the would playing fall, is really good. Like, Chris DeGarmo, I think, is a super good guitarist. Oh, yeah, for sure. this would have fallen in in '88 with a lot of other, like kind of technical high voice singing bands that I was listening to like I was listening to some, like some Riot and some other like pretty straightforward rockers like metal rockers um, in that time it's, you know if this were not <laughs> if this didn't have all the trappings of a band that turns me off and it <laughs> slipped and it like slipped into my play you know my rotation it'd be like you know right between like uh, alright we start Operation Mindcrime it would slip in right between like hello hello it would slip in right between like two live crew riot you know and some other things i was listening to <laughs> just falling with the mix that's right man. 
Like, do I want to flip over nasty as they want to be, or I want to put in something else? Just put in that new queen trick. Alright. Cool. Good bass, bass, actually, in this oh, song. Good mm-hmm. funky bass going oh, yeah. on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah, definitely Eddie Jackson and Scott Rockefeller, like, deep in the pocket on, like, most of these tracks. And, like, the whole the whole band, technically yeah. very sound. Yeah, like, you know, it's, that, it, that's the thing that kind of, like, you, you could have, like, a, you know, a concept album, but if you don't, like, bring the shit to, it's, like, it doesn't, like, complement it in any way. It could, it could be deeper. It could just be kind of, like, whack. It, they're, they're definitely like channeling a lot of like really good sort of like rush concept sort of stuff where it's like this has to be like a suite of music where there, there's going to be power songs there's going to be some you know quieter more introspective songs there's going to be stuff that moves the you know the, uh, the narrative along and then there's going to be stuff where it's like a little, little bit more meditative, meditative. but I, yeah this, and this is one. This is a song that you'll still hear on, um, you know, Ozzy's Boneyard and stuff. So it's, it's definitely a banger. Narratively, this is when uh, he has now met up with Doctor X, who is about to decide his many fates. Okay. Yeah. So Doctor X is like uh, ostensibly like the cult leader, or. The political operative dude who's looking to sort of like overthrow the government. So he's kind of like, um, let's just say he's a bad guy. Again, like Nikki's discontent um, is victimized uh, by someone like Dr. X. He kind of sees him as easy, as Nikki later says, like a target for this new society. Puts a gun in his hand and puts some heroin in his veins. And gets him out there doing some political assassinations and shit. Which is super cool. Like, you know, everybody, you know, right? Everybody did this at this point. <laughs> it was the 80s. No, when, 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 when you were in your 20s. In the, tw- the roaring 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the roaring 20s. Hey, you're getting a cot eh? <laughs> See here. <laughs> yeah, you know just, we're all just. Hanging out with flapper girls and like when they came back around on the headline, they they played uh, you know, their older songs first, and then the the second half of the show was Mind Crime, start to finish, the entire album. Yeah, no, it, 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 when we saw them, that is, uh, yeah, they gave like a little sweet. They maybe didn't do the whole thing. Jeff Tate now does the whole thing. Yeah, I thought they did pretty much all of it on the headline tour. Yeah, they, they did enough to, like, sort of, like, go from, like, A to B. But there was, yeah, like, and then later there. on, when they when they released Mind Crime 2, they had the films that went along with it. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's that DVD, the uh, Mind Crime at the Moor. Have right. you seen that? Yeah, they, they also did, like, uh, what was it called? It was, like, Mind Crime Live. They, 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 they yeah, there, a, they there's did... a live album, an Operation Mind Crime Live album. They did put out a video, and that's like the, the video that makes up all the sort of like, you know, the you know the non-formative stuff of like, uh, I don't believe in love, as well as uh, Eyes of the Stranger. So, so they, they, I think uh, reading some recent stuff, they, they put up, they made like five videos like that. Have you seen that Mind Crime at the Moor video? Maybe I haven't. No, were they? Were you they, should they, check they, that out. It's, it's cool. cool. It's a, 
full, full stage sort of like opera sort of yeah and, and yeah. it's mind crime one and two and dio performs with them as well oh okay well hmm. that's there you go well, it's really good that's on my list Moving into song five, Speak. And Speak, Speak is sort of the, uh, the, the brainwashing song. He's, he's starting, to, uh, starting to believe the words told to him, starting, starting to seep himself in the movement that he has been uh, recruited to. Yeah, no, he's it, definitely like a, uh, an interesting target for this sort of... Uh, manipulation but we, we see too that they're they're early on in the narrative there's like a sense of like there's like a hero uh, like a heroic sort of role for him to play in this uh sort of vision of this new society as it's kind of described but that doesn't last very long um as you know again like anybody who's like had to like kill a politician knows it's like ah oh, damn man that's that's rough, and also all the heroin he's on. And then he, we'll see too that uh, things change. But this, this is definitely like a like an anthem for like the true believer. It's it's it's, it's a really it, again it's a, it's complicated for anybody like trying to figure this out for the first time because it seems like you know this sort of like uprising, rebellion, taking control of you know your life against all the corruption with the government and basically popular culture and what have you this doesn't seem relevant to like 2023 at all i just gonna say it's just it's, it's, it's kind of like a relic of the past i i feel like this song would have fit well on rage for order it, it, it has that sort of sound yeah what again it, it kind of taps into like a lot of like what Jeff Tate and the band have like kind of always sort of done where you know this 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 could be like chemical chemical use uh like the, the second song on the side two uh where it's like I don't know what the hell they're talking about but it's a kind of an anthem that's like calling together the youth to do something about the wave of the 80s is number three and it's like I don't know, is Q like dropping stuff back in like 86 <laughs> and shit that I didn't get? I don't know, but uh, you know, Kate has always been a little bit more uh, let's say like sort of like tapped in, you know, into like popular culture, technology, science, uh, you know, and all these other sorts of things where they kind of like get all kind of turned into these interesting sort of like stories um, and how you turn them into like a political position is what we're doing here but uh, this is this is a great song too because it, it, it does seem like a song that if you if it were disconnected from the rest of the narrative you kind of go like speak the word the word is all of us which doesn't sound like QAnon at all <laughs> It doesn't, sell, it doesn't sell like a cult at all. <laughs> yeah, you did mention that that Tate, you know, now plays Mind Crime in its entirety live with his band. That's amazing for someone his age to be able to continue to sing these songs. How old is he? he? He's like the anti-Don. He's like 72 now. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's, pushing, he's pushing 60. He's pushing 60, I think. No. He's pulling 70, dude. Come on. I, I thought he was older. Colin and I just met him. Not yeah, dude, he could barely ago. speak. He's 64. Uh, okay. 
Okay, sixty-four. Yeah. So yeah. Like, even even so, I mean, he's so like anti-John Dawkins. So he was shit, pushing sixty when we met him. This shit has say. a high level of complexity, and he's mm-hmm. holding it together well. Yeah. No. One of my favorite songs on the record, "Spreading the Disease." There you go. See, this album has lost me already. Really? It just it doesn't. These songs, the last couple, don't hook me. Revolution Calling hooks me. These are okay. Yeah. Just, there's no bang. There's no. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's probably hard to like kind of dive into this and kind of like follow it. Just like if you listen to like, like Pink Floyd's The Wall or Hemispheres or you know any other concept record, kind of go like, I don't get the thread. I don't see it. And maybe you know you have to like listen to it when you're, you know, when you're 18. In 1988, kind of go, yeah, and listen to it a lot on cassette in your car, um, and and kind of get obsessed with it. I don't know, I'm, John. I I, I, I could. I, I'm not trying to defend it because it's it's definitely it's difficult. It's not like everybody's cup of tea for sure. Also, Colin, it's weird because it's like we're you know we're sitting here and we're dissecting it now, song by song. I have never ever played Mind Crime just like, oh, I'm gonna put on this single from Mind Crime. When you play Mind Crime, you press play at the beginning and then you hear Mind Crime. The whole thing. Yeah, to me it's one song. The, the, the whole album. Yeah. <laughs> like like um, 2112. Yeah. I mean like, kind of. Like It's like nobody's just gonna pop in the two towers. It's like, no, you got to start at the beginning. Yeah, spreading the disease doesn't go on the beach mixtape. Like it's uh, you know, uh, and, and narratively, this is this is where Mary enters the story that that Mike had mentioned before. He, uh, you know, he, he pairs up with a uh, with a young prostitute, and uh, also within the order that he has joined. Yeah, and and again, it, it kind of plays into and again, like uh, Jeff Tate's lyrics uh, again are, are very graphic and sometimes just really poignant and poetic. In the sense where he's like describing this young girl who was like doing live S&M shows in Times Square and then she gets approached by a priest who brings her in to uh, his uh, into his church dresses her up as a uh, as a nun but also sexually abuses her um, and so then she's of course part of this uh, underground society Operation Mind Crime uh, and again, not unironically named, and uh, you know all, all the other stuff that Jeff Tate here kind of like sings in Sotto Voce is just sort of like designed to kind of like drive this home. It's like you know, it's like all these people are just sort of like you know hypocrites, and you know the, the, the innocent victims need to be saved. And he recognizes a little bit of himself, I think, in Mary, where. He sees that she's been kind of like victimized by Father William, just as he's been sort of victimized by uh, by, by Doctor X. And uh, she, of course, is the person who uh, delivers his uh, his heroin, and they slowly but surely, uh, wait for it, fall in love. And then he's going to have to kill her. Oh man! Where's the spoiler alert? Uh, the record's been out since 88, so. But, uh, yeah, Spreading the Disease is uh, definitely the one that kind of, like, brings the, the first act into 
the second act where the conflict is going to become a little bit more uh, a little more intense you know Nikki's going to start here with the song as I'm thinking it's going to be called The Mission uh, thinking like I'm doing some great shit here like murdering people uh, but uh, I don't know he's all in but he's he's having a few misgivings here. He's going to shoot the TV here in the opening sequence where he's wa- listening to a televangelist prattle on about how he needs money and stuff. Hmm. Reach out you, your hand. Do you, do you guys remember any of this sort of like sort of, you know, the, the, these these cultural moments back in the late 80s with the PTL with Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and Jimmy Swaggart? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and all those scandals with uh, Jessica Hahn and all that other bullshit. This, this it's is interesting. Like, go ahead, uh, Doug. No, I mean, the record didn't gain much traction here outside of like, you know, it was with our circle and, and I think a smaller group of metal fans, it became a cherished record. And like I said, they were able to headline on this record. So it's like... Yeah. Not every band could do that, but I was looking, just reading today, you know, doing some research on the record. For the year-end poll, Kerrang! named it the number two album of the year. What was number one? I don't know. Uh, I didn't see. Was it Eat Him and Smile? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you wish. Probably not. No, that would have been Skyscraper. Knowing Kerrang! would have been... I'd like to change my question. You know, Skyscraper... It, 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 it might have been like Dan Justice. Uh, it, it was number one was Out of the Silent Planet. Oh. And number like three it, was Injustice like for All. What the heck? Number four. What the heck? Whose record was that? Yeah. Uh, King King Tax. Tax. So uh, another frog rock band. Uh, number three, Injustice for All. Number four, Skyscraper. And number five, South of Heaven. Well, apparently, I'm going to say. Kareng had some weird shit going on that <laughs> That is a very quirky, very British list. Eighty-eight like, was a good year for American it. bands. There, yeah, it was Top a good five. year for inhalants. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of locker room and rush in the 80, late eighties. Yeah, so, uh, so amphetamines. Who's John Kilzer? He was Ooh. number six. Memory in the making. John Kilzer? Yeah. That sounds made up. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> There's some dude who's out all the time gigging, and he's like a singer for a bunch of bands. Uh, and I never know who he is. And so he's like, oh, you don't know that guy? And it's like, is this the guy Colin keeps singing in every band? Probably. <laughs> no, no, not Jason McMaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll come to me later. It's like somebody be like, oh, I just saw this guy. And everybody's like, who the heck is that guy? They're like, oh, he sang on a Steve Vai record, and he sang on this, and he sang on that. And like, he like sings on like dudes who mostly make instrumental records. He sings on their like one song with lyrics. Oh, okay, that's 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 a, a weird sort of. Uh... I'm totally surprised Colin's not like, oh, you mean because yeah, I'm, when I'm... I come up with the name, he'll be like, yes, I know exactly. Who John Karabi's the only name I'm thinking of, and that's not it. No, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, when that's I come up with it, you'd be like, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I've seen him, and he's great. That's what everybody <laughs> says. They're like, he's, a, he's great. So the 
so the, the main movement that we're getting into here, just just for you know narrating what we're listening to here, as, as we listen to a great uh, Chris DeGarmo solo trading off with Michael Wilton. Again, like that's some like really just just great music. Even if you like, if they sang in Japanese, you'd be like, I still kind of really dig this record. I love I love DeGarmo. As a guitarist, yeah. I think he's awesome. And, and, and Wilton's no slouch either. Like they like they trade solos and stuff. But yeah, the Garmos, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pick him over Wilton. But like they, they do like a really good sort of you know Adrian Smith, Dave Murray shit. But uh, you know, you know, so like the, all all the things that are that Nikki is talking about in here are going to be kind of like about his deepening uh, affection for Mary. And, and kind of understand like they're both kind of like caught in this uh, circumstance, this situation um, as these, these young disaffected youth and uh, the next song which is David's going to love this oh, yeah? 11 minutes long, Sweet Sister Mary I do tend to love long songs <laughs> I like this song, the mission I like this one, this is good it's great yeah. Oh, so uh, I found it. You ready? Colin's going to... Yes. Devin, Devin Townsend. Oh, okay. Oh, yep. yeah. I have that, not seen him, but guy. yes, he's very good. Like He's like the uh, the metal solo uh, version of that guitar player who like, everybody loves, but nobody knows who he is. Al I thought Diniola? Devin Townsend was a guitarist, to be honest. He, he is a guitarist. He is. Oh, yes. okay. But I think he made his bones like being the singer for bands that didn't have singers. Got it. And somebody would be like, "No, you're dead wrong. He's this." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, he should have should have got a band." That's all you have to do. Kill Mary. So I hope you guys got something to talk about. Is this song is ten minutes long? So as, as Sweet Sister Mary started yet here because my it has right now. Yeah. Nikki's yeah. just given the order to kill his his hey, only prostitute non bride. Yeah, yeah, and, and kill the priest too. And so this, this so the, hence the dilemma. And this is a you'll, you'll you'll get to experience it here, David, for the first time. But like, this is an interesting operatic moment because it's going to be Jeff Tate interacting with uh, the other vocalists here, who are going to try to like figure out who the female singer is. Um, Didn't I specifically ask you if some chick was going to come in and sing, and you said no? You did. Uh, I don't think you specifically asked about that. Dude, Colin, back me up here. You did. Yeah. You run that, run it back. You, you specifically I, I asked we're, that. We're, 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 Yo, we're, Sandy, we got a clip. Check the tape. Check the tape. <laughs> check the um, tape. But uh, yeah, I, I, I could have been missing this. So, like, as this builds up, we'll have to talk here a little bit about how. You know, Jeff Tate was like hanging out in Montreal um, at, at various, uh, you know, at, at this particular cafe. Kind of got the idea, got little sparks of inspiration and stuff uh, from the people who were, were there. And, um, you know, started like, you know, sketching probably in his, in his notebook that this, this, you know, the, the lyrics and the ideas, the narrative and stuff. And uh, there's this thing called like the, the Quebec separatist movement and again that's because Quebec wants to be <laughs> separate from Canada and, and, yeah. and really who doesn't uh, but uh, 
you know, so like that, he kind of taps into that. So when, when we spoke to him, um, that was definitely sort of like a, a kind of a, like a petri dish for him to kind of explore a lot of these ideas and begin kind of like conceiving an idea of like, like what would be like, like an opera, like a concept record, which would become mind crime. And, you know, and of course, the whole band like totally loved this idea. But they, they obviously came on board. Uh, you know, coming probably from like the Pacific Northwest, skinheads up there probably didn't really need to know a whole lot about separatist movements and all the other sort of like things going on. You know, whether you're in you know Western Washington and Idaho, and definitely the, the rise of uh, neo-Nazism in parts of California. And, you know, John and I we, we went to school with like some neo-Nazis. What are we talking about? We're talking. I, about, I thought like, this was that song, Sister Golden Hair, and now I'm lost. We're just, we're just giving some background here. <laughs> That's on America, that. dude. Jeff, Jeff I love that song. Sort of it's like a great artistic song. inspiration. But this is about you know Sweet Sister Mary and how she is you know, here conversing uh, in song form with Nikki, and someone's gonna end up dead. So this must have been the start of side two. This is the end of side one. So side two is only, a, well, there's two songs that are four to six minutes, so three songs, and the rest of them are very short. Am I wrong, Mike? This is yeah, the end no, of I, side I, one. As, as, as I remember, yeah, uh, The Needle Lies starts side oh, two. Interesting. On, wow. on yeah. set. Okay. But obviously streaming, it's going to... But also, if, we're, if you're looking at the streamer, too, uh, there's like two bonus tracks, which are basically just live versions of two of the songs. Yeah, right. I'm looking, Colin. This does end side one. Side one okay. is 36 minutes long. Side two, 22 minutes long. Right. Yeah. So so it's originally a double album, then? Because mm. a side of an album is usually only 20 minutes, right? So 36 would be... Two eighteen yeah. size, double vinyl. But I think I think it was designed probably with with, with some intent to kind of emphasize like this this song is going to close out like the first half of the story. Then there's going to be an intermission, and then you have to turn the tape over, and then side two. And again, just noting the format kind of dictates a little bit about how you experience the music, but. You know, I guess that's 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 since lost since uh, shit since CD. But uh, yeah, this this is again like a long involved sort of like very moving track here. Kind of like the, the the hinge, the centerpiece of the entire sort of album. But you know, if you're, if you're David and you're listening to it for the first time or calling for the, I don't know. Second time. Yeah, this song is probably the second time. It's not a hit, yeah. so probably the second time. But listen to these fucking solos. I love the guitar work, and I love the songs that have a punch. I just wish that some of it had a little more punch. But I yeah, understand yeah. He, didn't, he didn't write it for that. He wrote it for the story, and I get it. Yeah. 11 and 12 are coming for you, Colin. The singles are backloaded on the album. Excellent. Yeah. And, 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 and I would say to anybody who's having the same sort of experience that Colin is, I can't speak to what David's going through, 
but like if you, if you spend some time with this record. This is a record that requires like multiple listenings. And once you kind of get a little bit more familiar with what's going on, it's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely like deep, like, you know, like a really good blood murder love opera. It's like, you know, you, you don't, you had to get familiar with the characters, with the lyrics, with the music. And then it kind of comes together. When I first listened to this back in 88, it's sort of like, this is some fucking whacked out shit. I do not <laughs> understand what this is about. Um, why can't they just write songs that people want to rock out to? Why does it have to be like... Collins so just said that's that. A, that's a great question. That's exactly what you have to say. I will like, point you in the direction, uh, as I have before of someone like King Diamond right who's you know made his you know he's made his mark in concept records or someone like uh, Alice Cooper right and we, who, we did we did an Alice Cooper will, concept record but every one of those songs stands alone as a song and on other records he'll string together two three sometimes four songs that have a theme that literally go directly blend directly one into the next. Um, yeah, specifically like something like specifically something like uh, the uh, backside of Welcome to My Nightmare. Where you go years ago, Stephen and Awakening, I think, or uh, Ballad of Dwight Fry, and it's like the triptych on on um, Love It to Death. But it's like the songs stand alone. But they also stand together, and I think that you, you've got to have some kind of discipline to not let yourself write a ten-minute song. Yeah, but this again, in defense of this song, I'm saying like this song needs to be this long and powerful. It's it, it, again, it's everything gets worked out in here. Everything after this is just sort of like. The, the, the descending action. This, this is like the big build-up. This is dude, like there's a there's Phantom an army. The opera, uh, yeah, st- story-wise, this is this is the climax. The the storylines are starting to all come together. Like I, I get it, but like He's somewhere gonna... there's an army of of Queensrÿche fans who only know the hits, and they get For to this sure. song and they're like, what the hell is going on? Right yeah, now? I know. The flip side to that being, it's like after I I mean. Mike and I spent a lot of time with this record after it came out, like like years, and and then I remember Empire coming out, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like <laughs> like like oh now we can dude, write they, songs they, again. We well we had watched them progress as to you know starting with the warning as a rock band and getting more more technical and more complex with Rage for Order and keep going and they get to Mind Crime and it's like holy shit. Like these guys are really doing something different and special than than yeah. their their peers, and then Empire comes out, and that entire house of cards gets blown down. Because yeah. to me, I think Empire is just paint by numbers. Like and, it's and, just not that interesting. It, it's their the lead single is just yeah. their I version mean, of Doctor Feelgood. This was the, a time. This was a time that is it's, awful. It's kind as of long as you were, as long as you had some singles on a record, they didn't care what else was on it. You know, in yeah. in that that what, period what, of time. And, and, and I think too, like, and that's just, fine. With, with with that in mind as well, it's like 
I think once they got a, a sense of like, oh shit, this is what's playing on, on the MTV, which were like the singles off of Mind Crime. It's like, well, how don't we, why don't we just build a record where we can kind of like dump off two songs that we're going to get really good singles, Empire and, and Silent Lucidity, and just go with that. And it's like, it totally worked. But then after that, you know, kind of the bottom fell out. But then again, bottom fell out of the... Uh, you know this this sort of uh, genre of music altogether, um, and this this was kind of like you know them reaching the top. Um, and again, like they didn't, you know, I'm not going to like uh, denigrate their, you know, what they've been doing for the past thirty years or so. But I guess <laughs> yeah. I kind of am. <laughs> but uh, you know, where, whereas whereas the band like Rush, you know, we're gonna do some like sort of like. Uh, some really interesting, creative, outrageous stuff that's not going to get on the radio, but we're also going to like still sell old records every year, every year. Um, so, uh, so start know. side two with the needle lies. The needle lies. It kind of does. Uh, I, I was thinking finally, John, too, of like Mr. Bleach. You remember Mr. Bleach? Those little pamphlets that we passed around. Oh my God! Yes. It's like always remember, bleach out your needles before you share them. <laughs> he was like a superhero. He was a bottle of bleach. Oh my! Like, remember to bleach your needles. It's like okay, so like yeah. yeah a box of like, click tracks and, and Mr. Bleach. <laughs> People think like, oh, yeah, the opioid epidemic. That was Dude, superheroes are great. So happening. But like, yeah, people people getting, uh, you know, sick of, uh, you know, AIDS, you know, through intravenous drug use. That was a thing. Looking at you. I got halfway through Guardians of the Galaxy 3 before I realized that dude wasn't Captain Planet. Yeah. A lot of fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. I, did, I, I, I thought some of the criticisms were unwarranted, but the... the it would have been cooler if they had Don Cheadle play the dude with the diamond in his head. But like I said, and it's not Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Planet, Don, Don Cheadle has a different role in the MCU. It, well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> would have been better if War Machine played, played <laughs> there you go. the High Evolutionary. Like, yeah, yes. <laughs> no, this, this is the no, no, no. The the other kid, the the the. The dude with the eyebrows. Dude with the eyebrows. Yeah, not the stretchy face dude. <laughs> the dude with the eyebrows who tackles the lady at the beginning of the movie. Oh, Groot. No. You mean Groot? No. The dude with the diamond in the middle of his head. Vision? No. Guardians of Galaxy Three, about. dude. Which which podcast are we on? I don't know. I'm lost. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're talking about Adam Warlock, right? Not Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I always think about this particular song, even as much as I love it. I think it's like it can come a little bit earlier, but I, I think it, it it kind of works well here. But it can also be a song that could just be cut because uh, it's like okay, we already know like. Like really big into like right. <laughs> yeah, that heroin's not a good thing. Yeah, but uh, it, it it definitely like uh, it's an energizing fucking song. It just it just jams, and just riffs. 
uh, you know, they, they could, be, you know, obviously it's a good sort of like a Nancy Reagan sort of era kind of mantra, you know, don't ever trust the needle. Um, and then here we got the electric re requiem, um, which is, oh my gosh, somebody killed Mary. Somebody uh, choked her out with her own rosary. Mm. <laughs> Not to give too much away again, Colin. I'm, I'm, I'm well, okay. it, it gets it gets further illustrated and given away in Mind Crime Two. What happened to Mary? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not oh. what you think. Okay. Well, See, now you have homework. Now, 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 now I'm intrigued. I'm kind of like, I'm trying to like, think in my head, like, I, I must Minecraft with the more might be on YouTube. Okay. All right. I would imagine it is. Okay. Minecraft at the more? What are you calling it, John? You're muted. Breaking the Silence. This is like the bad title side of the record. I like this song. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think they made a video for this song too. If you if you buy if you had bought the, what? the the VHS for this one too, this is also one of the songs that's included. Really? Yeah. It's mostly like a performative video filled with like all these sort of you know the little uh, flashbacks, like what's going on with Mary and Doctor X and stuff. Really? Yeah. So there there was yeah there was like a. Yeah, like the VHS. It was, you know, so it was like, what do we got? This song, I don't believe in love. Or, yeah, I mean, there was a music video for this. Eyes were straight. Oh. I mean, you would know, Michael. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, so it's. I didn't realize he had a ponytail. That's even worse. I don't know. The singlet is probably just as bad but like again he was like he was he was definitely going against trend yeah yeah he sure was yeah huh and killing it i mean it's look man i mean that but yeah he, he, he does that like that exchange that exchange student you had from amsterdam who shows up like in leather pants and you're like hmm, what's up with this guy after a while he makes some friends and people think he's cool like i get it yeah but you might even go visit him you know like, might not you know, <laughs> some people did but this is actually, you know, for this era, this is like stripped down compared to what they were doing for Rage for Order. So it's like, how could you critique the guy? It's like he's not wearing like the, you know, the pompadour with the, you know, Bride of Frankenstein streaks and shit. You know, he's, he looks yeah. like almost like a dude you might see 
you know, an old gym, and then also kind of like, now I'm the lead singer of a rock band. Right. He's not wearing makeup. He's not wearing spandex. You wind up hiding on a bus to meet a meet a singing group. Yeah, he's serious. He's serious. He's long-haired, but like he's not doing hair metal. I don't know. It's calculated. But, uh, mm-hmm. Where are we at? I think we're in the middle of uh, breaking the silence here. Yeah, 313. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Like I said, this track I like. The guitar work has yeah. been good. This is really good guitar work. Yeah. And this is a song that could, yeah, again, uh, could stand alone. Yeah. You know, could, did David. Well, and did. It, it was one of the singles. Yeah. You know, and, and again, like like every good concept record, like, uh, you know, The Wall and The Elder, those are two that I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like... I mean, would you, you know, put this in your top five concept records, Michael? Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah? Yep, 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 yep. John? For sure. Yeah. yeah. It, again, it's... I, I don't have a ton of concept records that I like, actually, but it, it would be in my top five, for sure. They're, they're, they're tricky. I, I don't know what else I'd put in there. 2112. The Elder? I don't think I ever knew that was the a The Elder, record. for sure. Yeah. And again, like, we could just we could just sort of like join these two things together and say like, well, why don't most people like The Elder? It's like, well, it doesn't sound like Kiss that some of the songs don't seem to like go well with one another but like eh, if you spend the time it's like i like them all i am just a boy perfect would you listen to that at a cookout you're blasting that at a cookout yes if i needed to let people know who i was would you request it when you're playing kiss mini golf just minutes before getting married yes (laughs) okay there you go I mean, I wouldn't play it at a cookout, but it might be my walk-up song. Oh, there, you go. <laughs> there we go. Another single. Bring in the band for Colin. Yeah. This helps right. me. So, so Colin, why does this song work for you, or at least your, your familiarity with it, just like MTV Video Barrage? Yeah, yeah, and it stands on its own. I think that's what we've been saying. Is that the? Yeah. I think it was David that just brought that up. You know, you can have a concept. But it's nice, I feel it's nice when you can pull out a moment from that concept and really enjoy it. It doesn't have, you know, all that stuff in the middle, I'm kind of like, ah, it's just a movie that won't get anywhere. But this stuff, you pull out, listen to it, it's a nice moment. Yeah, I think it's important that you have... Side two's the reward for getting through side one. (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't eat your pudding, can't have any pudding to eat your meat, dude. Exactly. (laughs) But it's... um, but I think it's important. Like we we we've been throwing around these words like like light motif and operatic this and that. But it's like there's some critical components of music that make that get you through these things, right? And I think that like Colin as the you know I'm the new listener. Colin's the more casual listener of this record. And it's like if you're not busting out, you know, some if you're not sticking to some basic rules for creating the narrative in music you're going to lose people along the way right the like the non hits the non songs need to have less stuff in between them right like you you pop on an opera 
and you got a little of that Sprechstimme, you know, a little, little sing-song stuff going on to move the plot, but then you bust out an aria or a duet or like a major work, and then you go back to the moving the plot. But those little things are like brief, you know, to be like, hey, we really got to wrap this up. Give me like 10, 10 minutes and 53 seconds, then we'll get on to another song. <laughs> right. right. But like but, 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 but what you're describing there is like, it, it sounds like, you know, where you have like these nice little bits. You know, and where, where you see like an opera or see a ballet where it's like, you're going to have like these little sort of like uh, episodes. You're going to have these little performances and stuff. But this is like, this is a full on metal band. So like, so it's like a, it's, it's a metal opera rock concept record. So it becomes a little bit more tricky to do that. I, I hear you. I kind of feel like a metal band should be better at that. Though. Right. Well, again, like if you listen to like any of the, the Rush concept records, like 2112 or Hemispheres, they, 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 they usually keep them to like one side. Um, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> they were just going to do some ACDC covers. <laughs> or just like some throwaway tracks, kind of. Or just like some random stuff that doesn't hold together thematically. But uh, I I would say, and John could like, you know, kind of back me up. It's like, this this rewards multiple listens. And you can kind of see like... I again, think I think you've got to create a surface level that warrants a second listen. And I well, think that's kind of to, to Colin's point. Like, you've got to pop it on, let it play, and like fall in love with it immediately, so that you do go back to get that next level and next level and next level. It sounds like it grabbed you right away, but not you know I don't. I don't read or pay attention to things. Yeah, not, not again. Like my my first sort of listening, like back when I in '88 when I got this from California Music, and I was listening to it in my bed, like with the headphones kind of on I didn't really understand this but like you have to like you, you they're, they're, the, the little things that kind of like hook you along the way like that was an interesting song this is like an <laughs> interesting moment and then you come back to it you come back to it and then then it all all the all the cohesive things that are there that are put together by the artist and the producer Peter Collins like oh this makes sense like I these can imagine are doing I can imagine really being it shit. uh I can imagine being at my buddy Dom's house. He puts on side A. We get through side A. And then I'm like, you remember that, that episode of The Simpsons with Mark McGuire? He's like, I could tell you what's going on. I could just hit a couple of dingers. Hit a couple of dingers. <laughs> and also the Neil and he'd be like, you know, he'd be like, hey, man, you want to you listen to the rest of this record? Or you just want to go outside? I'm like, yeah, let's just go outside and smoke. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Throw, no, but, throw but, rocks and bottles but, on the train tracks. No, but again, it it it, it, it becomes like a tedious exercise. If, if like for it, it can seem like a tedious exercise for for folks who are listening to music and like I want music to be fun. I want it to be something I can rock out to. But like for me and John, John will of course attest. Like I was like sort of like you know fist deep, you know elbow deep into like Rush. Oh. So like I, I I love this prog rock. I lo- I love like the music where it's like this music requires like attention. You have to spend time with it. You have Dude, to like, I'm 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 right there with you on that. Listen sentiment. to the lyrics. 100%. Parse them. 
I, I don't like like the music I listen to. If like I go to a party and popped on like my playlists, people would be like, "Dude, turn this off. Turn off the fucking David Lee Roth already, please." Never. Well, no, that's why I got into that stuff because like I'd want to listen to like avant thrash jazz. People are like, "Can you put on something else?" Could you turn off the squirrel nut zippers already? Does Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park count as a count as a concept record? No. Yeah. Right. It doesn't. Here we are. No, with it doesn't. It's not a record. Room. Wow, the soundtrack. Everything's a record if you're brave. Dude, Peter doesn't talk, and she just growls. <laughs> but if you had no video, it would be a soundtrack. Dark child. Yeah, so here, here nice to fit in a kiss with, with my empty room, and, 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 and things are getting in, increasingly dark and grim for uh, for Nikki, and uh, as he's sort of like grappling with uh, you know the, the the death of Mary and not having her in his life, uh, and all the emptiness is starting to collapse here, and he's going to, as we we find from the album closer. Which Eyes of a Stranger that, that Nikki is going to end up arrested. I always and, thought this beginning sounded like Pink Floyd. Up, um, yeah, well, it's, it's, be- the, it's the callback. You know, it's the same hospital uh, intercom that you hear at the beginning of the record mm, starts right. this song as well. Yeah. So he's back in his room looking at himself in the mirror, not recognizing who he has become. Hence, Eyes of a Stranger. Oh, how about that? It's the Inmedius Rest. In the beginning, in the middle of things, I remember now, and that'll be the thing that closes the album. He realizes that his head has gone completely numb because of the mind crime. The mind crime. And he didn't even actually have social media back then. No, he didn't. He didn't have like. It wasn't on a BBS or anything. No, he didn't have like you know, any gab or uh, you know. We had a really great, we had a really great BBS in uh, in Delco, a couple of months. What about a like a full on rock opera? Does that count as a concept record, or does that not count as a concept record? Why well, wouldn't it? It's a like, rock opera. like what? Like the like, who? Like Tommy? Like say, like say Joe's Garage or Tommy. Things that are written specifically. Like a, Tommy's I, a concept I, record. Quadrophenia. That's what, but, but for sure. But, like, if I said my favorite concept record was like Fidelio, you'd be like, "Well, that's an opera. It's not really a concept record." No, that would just well, be an opera, right? So, if like something is written opera. as a rock opera, yeah. is does it also count as a concept record? Well, uh, I'm, I'm making my list. If you want to know, and I jotted down Joe's Garage and put a question mark because it's a rock the, opera. The Zappa oh. record, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that would that would definitely uh, work, but uh, but uh, yeah, but you can't actually count an opera as a rock opera because it's just an no, opera. no, no. But can if something is written as a rock opera, does it count as a concept record, or is it being a rock opera disqualify it as a concept record? Are they playing rock music with electric guitars? Look, man, I'm just asking a question. I don't know. I, again, it's like... I, I don't know if there's a right answer. It's, it's, it's the crossing of the genre. If, if, if it's, like, is Rocky Horror Picture Show a, ro- a concept record? Yes. 
I think any opera is automatically a concept. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a movie, though. It's not. It wasn't an album first. It was the a album musical. Was the soundtrack to the movie, right? No, it yeah. was a musical. It was a play? Yeah. It actually started off well, as a musical. It started off as a musical. That's a musical. Right. Wasn't that a concept? <laughs> no, that's a play. So we're going to see like the Grease soundtrack? Not, not a musical just on record first. It was a stage show that was then released <laughs> but thought, as a cast album. But a, a concept is a plot. Right, a concept record is a plot, isn't a musical. But it's plot. not. Yeah. It, its origin is not a record. It, gonna, it would be different. I think we're going to have to. I think we're going to no... have to put it to the people. Well, <laughs> I, I just think that that's you know, I I think if you're taking a cast album or something like a Broadway show, that's yeah. not a concept record. It wasn't meant to be a record. Yeah, I see your point. All right. Yeah. I think it becomes one. It wasn't intended to be one, but I think right. it becomes one. So I, I, I think it becomes one. I think I think it's like a parallel concept record in a sense that, yes, it's telling a story, but it, its origin wasn't audio. Hmm. Well, I got you. So you're saying, you. and I'm, I'm not arguing, I'm just confirming. Yeah, yeah. If a, if a rock opera if in its first format is a record, you're cool with it being a concept record. If it's first so. format, I mean something stage. something like Tommy, something like I consider a concept rap album. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. That, that's 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 what we reserve that term or, or for. the or the wall would be a the good wall, example of that. for sure. Like you know the the wall was a record that then turned into a movie later. Right. Same with Tommy. But you're saying that Rocky Horror was a movie. Was a, was Rocky so Horror was, was a play, so it's not was, so it's not a concept a record, right? It was a play that then had a cast album, that then became a movie adapted. Okay. Yeah. So again, it, but, but they all kind of like come into the same, and you know whether 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 or not uh, you know all, all, certainly like in, in, with any musical that you're going to see, like all the songs are basically related to the plot. But yeah. sometimes, unless you, know, unless you see something horrible like Chicago, they don't really hold the plot together. It's just sort of like... Like American we... Idiot would be, you know, that started as a record. Right. And then right. became a play. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so there's, there's, there's different levels and layers and stuff. But like, um, I, I think what happens with the, with the concept record is it's like, we're not going to put out individual songs and just sort of cobble them together thematically. They're going to be all woven together as part of like a larger narrative that, that has like a narrative arc, there's characters, like what you see in The Wall, what you see in Tommy, Quadrophenia, what you see in uh, this thing that we're wrapping up here, Operation Mindcrime, which is going to ask us to, I don't remember how it started, This is the part that you can play backwards and tell me to go out. <laughs> I don't. Quite possibly not. It, it might actually have some cue drops in it again. Just sort of like keeping people. Oh, it's not over yet. It's coming back. What's what's the purpose of the little spooky sound at the I end here? Oh, he remembers. It, it just le- leads into his initial words at the beginning of the record. Oh. So you'll hear this, and then you'll hear, <laughs> and it starts over again. 
That's it. All right. Am I in heaven? There you go. So it's a, it, there it's go. a tricky it's a tricky record to discuss, at least for me. Like it's it's very hard for me. Uh, you know, I mentioned it's hard for me to pull it apart. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned it, it is one of those things that I just put on and listen to the whole thing, like, and have ever since it came out. So it's it's uh, it it is weird to dissect it as you know this this could be a radio single or this could not like it, it's yeah. uh, I I kind of see it as a piece. Yeah. It's, it's weird it, when people are really into something and you kind of know the story and the context of where it fits. Yeah, that that is it is a little unfair. I mean, my you know, not unfair, but I mean, Mike and I are looking at it in a different way, I think, just yeah. because we have lived with it for so long. You get that like somebody will play it play music like before a wedding starts and you're like this song is about adultery. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, and like I do remember like, when they when they headlined a band called Warrior Soul opened for Queen's Red, yeah, and they got food the off the stage. <laughs> was, that, yeah. was, that, was that Warrior Soul? Yeah, they opened when when they came back from Mind Crime for the headline tour. Warrior Soul opened, and they got like midway into song two, and the crowd was like, "Nope, get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here!" One one testifies to a couple things. Either uh, Warrior Soul sucked really bad, which is probably not the case, but also like you know that Queensrÿche fans at particularly at that time were like really fucking strong about like. I, I do. I mean, we were we were part of that rabid mob, not having it. <laughs> like we're not <laughs> doing this, dude. Their logo yeah. looks like like they're like they're trying to sell an IPA. Queensrÿche or Warrior Soul? Warrior Soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and and Warrior Soul was was again kind of like in that same sort of vein, but they were definitely sort of like, I'm gonna say like, dude, Warrior Soul has like ten records. Well, yeah, but the, but they they were more sort of like where, where Queensrÿche was at that point and doing like concept stuff, doing sort of like political, kind of like incisive commentary or you know trying to like be relevant, being sort of like conscious. Uh, they were more sort of like double A ball where Queensrÿche <laughs> was clearly like in the major leagues and they, they were, you know, again, great musicians, great songwriters. And they, they, you know, they, they actually, you know, carried it out. Queensrÿche is kind of like a, it's kind of like a concept record. They're like, yeah, man, our record's a concept too. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 the Warrior Soul did put out a record called like, what is it? Fucking sex god and the new religion or something and it, it, it was again it was it, it was kind of like really it's soft, a whole concept being <laughs> deep or something and it was just like it just didn't hold together like the wasteland or i don't know they had some shit in there <laughs> all right who's <laughs> who's landing this plane as john <laughs> want to say i will uh, please thank you all for joining us again uh, this evening for our listening party for Queensryche's Operation Mind Crime. I think we uh, 
We entered the room and left the room exactly as we began. It sounds like uh, you're in the car now, John. Like you're driving. He's, he's away. at Joey Mahoney's house. Help it, man. I'm, I'm fucking. <laughs> he's, he's I'm, doing I do it through the drive. My regular shit with me. He's doing it through the jack in the box drive through. That's right. <laughs> he had yeah. enough. Uh, some, someone else landed. I'm doing the best I can. Can I get a whammy? Can, can I get a whammy? Can I get a whammy breakfast? <laughs> you're doing a great job, John. No, you, yeah, no, you, you want to supersize this show? Uh, so uh, <laughs> early yeah. prize. Shake please. with that. Uh, socials: Instagram, Metal Podcast, Twitter, M A M H Pod. I don't think we're on Threads yet. David and I are on Blue Sky. I'm on Threads. Uh, we're on Threads. There I'm we go. My, Michael's on Mike's Threads. On there, threads. Is, there we are. You I'm can on find Threads, but nobody ever talks to me. I'm on Blue Sky, too, but the only people on Blue Sky is like me, John, and like two other people. Yeah, Hollywood Dan. (laughs) Uh, uh, Facebook, Middle-Aged Metalheads. Thank you again for listening. Uh, What's next? What's coming up on the show? I don't know, man. We have anything in the can. Hmm. I guess we're out of ideas. It ain't going to be pirates. There's some ideas. We got a list. Might be hysteria. No. God, no. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, All right, I'll yeah, I'll have something for next time. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, we well, better come up with the way to put David to work. Like, guess what we're doing next? I got something. I got um, to get. It. That's it. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs>